Welcome to Broadway Radio's Tell Me More. I'm your host, Matt Tiamanini. Here on Tell Me More, we strive to talk about projects and topics that don't often get covered on theater podcasts. On today's episode, I speak with actress Zoe Winters, who is currently starring in the public theater's White Noise. This gripping and timely play by Pulitzer Prize winner Susan Laurie Parks runs downtown through May 5th and co-stars David Diggs, Shariah Irving, and Thomas Sadowski. Directed by the public's artistic director, Oscar Eustace, the play follows longtime friends and lovers Leo, Misha, Ralph, and Dawn, who are educated, progressive, cosmopolitan, and woke. But when a racially motivated incident with the cops leaves Leo shaken, he decides extreme measures must be taken for self-preservation. And let me tell you folks, we're not going to spoil what those extreme measures are, but they are, in fact, extreme and probably thinks that only a playwright as gifted as Parks could actually make work. New York theater fans will be familiar with Winters from The Last Match, Small Mouth Sounds, Red Speedo, and Octoroon, Shows for Days, and much, much more. Now, before we get into the interview, just a bit of warning. I did not see White Noise before I spoke with Winters, but I did read the script, which you'll hear me tell her uh, in a few seconds. But I was still trying to wrestle with and, and process all of the challenging ideas in the script when we had our conversation. So I apologize for babbling uh, a little or a lot more than normal in this interview. And I thank Zoe for putting up with me. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Zoe Winters. You're in the middle of this thing. Like I I haven't (laughs) seen the show, but I've I've read the play. I can imagine you have to be exhausted <laughs> doing this show uh it not only like with the length but like that that's some heavy stuff it is it is very heavy um surprisingly i think both for audiences and also being inside of the play um because uh it's so full and and consuming it actually does move both internally yeah, yeah. and i think also for for audiences um so it is kind of like you get on this moving train and you just take off. So, um, but yeah, I think afterwards, uh, there's a lot of emotional unpacking to do every night, both for the audience and also being inside of it. Um, yeah. And, and, and gratefully, you know, it's a, it's a great sweet cast and everyone is, you know, kind and, and, and loving. So we're in really good company. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a lot to experience and also it's a lot to, um, you know, you, you go downstairs to the lobby and, and people need to, they're going through it. <laughs> yeah. And they <laughs> so, want to talk about it. And they want to um, talk about it with you, I'm sure. And they want to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which is, which is, which is the purpose of the whole thing. So yeah, yeah. it is. It's a big, it's a big endeavor. Yeah. Well, one, one of the things that, or one of the reasons that I love seeing and, and reading Susan Laurie Parks plays because she is brilliant and in a lot of ways, one of a kind of like pushing boundaries in terms of mm. not only the plot, but like the style mm-hmm. and, and the, the mm-hmm. way she tells stories. And as mm-hmm. an, as an actor and you've done your fair share of shows that are pushing mm-hmm. style, you know, thinking of like uh-huh. small mouth sounds and stuff like that's a different style yeah. of show, but as an actor yeah. and as the ensemble you mentioned, and of course with your director, the, the equally brilliant Oscar Eustace, like how do you start the process of digging into one of her shows that like we said, is so complex and there's so much content there, but then also it like it changes subtly throughout the show as to, I think how we're perceiving, which is something 
I want to talk about later, the perception of things, but it, it how the show should be viewed. Like, how do you start that process other than just at the very beginning? Because that's a very good place to start. But like, how do you do that as an actor to try to get into the world of one of her plays? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. I think Susan Laurie is a, a poet and an incredible, yeah. um, I mean, her language is, you know, this, this play is written, you know, pretty realistically and naturalistically. Um, but the language is so incredible. And I think that that's how you have to start is just by investigating her words and, and the storytelling of it. Um, and I think that, I, I mean, this, because she's such a visionary and her imagination is so incredible. I, I keep, one of the things that struck me originally about this play was that, um, just where this play goes is both um, unfathomable and yet uh, totally believable in in the place where this country is and, um, you know, where we are as, you know, socially and how our social contract has, um, you know, gotten torn apart essentially um, yeah. since the beginning. So I think that in, in the hands of somebody that is as such a gifted poet as she is to have a story that's both unbelievable and yet completely believable. It's completely believable that somebody, you know, what does power do? What does being um, overlooked feel like? And what does that lead to? And what do we think is our given birthright? And when we don't get those things, um, how do we react to that? And so it is an unfathomable thing, and yet it's completely believable at this uh, where we are in this country and where we have been. So I think that her being the imaginative, creative mind that she is, taking on a story like this is just brilliant in her hands because she's able to write both the unbelievable and, and the believable. And so I think it's really special in that way. And then also, I think for me, my my personal um, entryway was, yeah, just paying attention to the language of it, just making sure that you're honoring the language and you can trust with Susan Laurie that as long as you're saying the words, you'll be safe. Um, and, and I think that also, um, you know, really making sure that because you can start having opinions so quickly with things, these things, and you can start making judgments and you can start, um, you know, letting your, your personal morals get in the way of actually fully investigating a character. I think just making sure that you're playing it truthfully and authentically. And so my entryway really was that I uh, went and shadowed a bunch of public defenders and oh, cool. um, kind of just watched them do their work and got into um, the story of, of who they were and what they set off to do every day and, um, and the complicated scenarios they find themselves in and the sacrifices that they have to make and, um, you know, just their personal approach. I, I followed two people specifically and kind of talked to them a lot about, um, do you have to kind of redefine your, uh, sense of losing in a certain way? And, um, and everybody was different, you know, both of them had their different perspective, but so for me, sorry, this is a long winded. No, 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 this is great. <laughs> But, but for me, yeah, the entryway was both trusting the language and that means both trusting the words and also trusting her rhythm. Like as the thing with, um, again, her being both a poet and also writing naturalistically is 
Um, you know, you can't muddy her language with um, trying to make it sound naturalistic. You have to stay on the edge of it. You have to stay in the rhythm of it. Um, and yet you also can't kind of treat it like lyrics. You can't sing it and, and or else it won't sound like speaking. So the way into her language for me was to make sure that I was connected to what I was saying. And then if you just stay inside the rhythm, um, you'll be talking and communicating um, but it's hard sometimes not to almost want to kind of sing it because it's so beautiful. It's like a big, long poem. Um, but you have to stay connected to what you're saying, make sure you're talking because it's, it's written pretty naturalistically. So both paying attention to the, to the writing and then um, also making sure that I was fully investigating my character so that I didn't come in with pre-existing judgments or um, making her a caricature in any way because that wasn't going to, serve anybody. The whole, the whole idea of this play is that everyone that comes in the audience is able to see themselves as characters in the play so that they can leave and unpack um, their own stuff that they have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. That, there's so much in there that I want to unpack and, and I'll, I'll try to get to it. But um, <laughs> Sorry. No, no, no. That's, that's great. Well, one of the things is, is you said you start with script and the play opens and I'm sorry I don't have the the quote in front of me but it opens with basically a, a quote saying that the only way to solve something is to face it and and that's really what this this play is facing mm-hmm. issues of race in America and especially how race is perceived and understood by the good guys as your character likes uh, to point out um but that but that conversation and that uh, need to face it is incredibly not only confusing but incredibly uncomfortable um Mm -hmm. but it mirrors those those conversations that are happening in the real world but in such an elegant way that it does almost to me as i was kind of going through it and and i think there's a moment i don't want to spoil things but there's a moment when you're like oh okay it's flipped and i now see what she is setting us up for it it hits you and 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 it really is something that kind of shocks the sensibilities that I think a lot of theater goers um, might come in with and kind of forces them to where they might normally feel very good about a play. And I, I'm trying to dance around things without being uh, too insulting to some people, but mm-hmm. I ought to say it like this. I think a lot of political theater or politically tangential theater has often been criticized for preaching to the choir uh, in, in a certain mm-hmm. extent. In yeah. as, I, as I read White Noise, and, and actually a lot of the stuff that that your character Dawn says uh, it felt very much like Parks knew she was preaching to the choir, but that the choir had gotten a little bit too comfortable and maybe needed to be preached to. Um, Mm. So, and I don't know if that was intentional, if that was just me putting on there, but it felt very much like it, you, you all, as you're doing this and as she was writing it knew that for this message to get through, it had to be difficult. If that makes sense at all. Yeah, and I think that this isn't, you know, this play isn't about um, obviously drawn sides. It's not an us versus them play. It's not, um, you know, focusing on divided groups that have been drawn in this country and, um, you know, the liberals versus the conservatives. That's not what we're looking at here. Um, We're not looking at um, people that, you know, uh, people that are self-proclaimed, you know, white supremacists and people that are calling, you know, themselves liberals and everything. That's not, we're not looking at very clearly drawn lines here. We're looking at a group of socially conscious, um, liberal people that then 
um, when an inciting incident that is racially motivated occurs, lack the tools to actually be able to process it. So it's these self-proclaimed people, you know, it's the people that you encounter every day walking down the streets of, of New York City and, um, and, and, and it's about, um, a, it's about internalized racism. It's about um, the roles that we play. And it's looking at, um, it's, it's, not, it's not easily drawn lines at the beginning. And that's, and that's what we're looking at. We're not looking at, um, there's not an obvious, um, you know, I think that, that it's a really interesting conversation because it's, um, it's about looking at yourself. And so, yeah, so there, it, isn't, it isn't clear um, in the beginning. It's, you know, this group of four friends that have been friends for years and they're in these woke relationships with each other and they're all friends and supportive and loving and liberal um, and then this inciting incident happens and they, and they, um, start to, their social contracts start to unravel and, uh, and it's, it's looking at, um, it's looking at actually kind of, um, the people that if you're in these liberal circles, maybe you're with and, and what happens when, um, something happens and, and we lack the tools to be able to navigate it successfully. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's more complicated. And I do think that it's not about, you know, I think a lot of theater, I think you're right that there's a, there, there's, there, there can be, um, an experience of going to the theater and, and, and kind of like white liberals patting themselves on the back and feeling like yeah. oh, I did, I did a good thing by going to the theater today and um and i think that um and i think that a big question for this play is 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 not to um necessarily feel good about ourselves or feel like we've done our civic duty by coming to the theater that night but actually um kind of investigating ourselves and our roles and um what we do with power what we do with feeling passed over what we do with, um, you know, this, this birthright of ours that we feel we deserve things. And what do we do when we don't get those things? Yeah. It's, as I said at the very beginning, it is, uh, heavy and complex and there's a lot going on, but that is certainly not only something that uh, Suzanne Laurie knows very well. It is very much something that the public uh, theater prides itself yeah. on doing. And so I, I guess that leads me to my next question of, of not only working with the public theater, but with Oscar Eustace uh, as as well might not be a more important person in shaping what off-Broadway theater can be in the last few decades. Mm-hmm. What was that process mm-hmm. of, of working with him and working with the public and also yeah. by extension, uh, the rest of this cast, which is uh, a, a bunch of incredible talent as well. Yeah. Oscar is amazing. I mean, I've been a huge fan of the public for, you know, as long as I've been in New York and known about it. Um, and I think that, um, what they've done for theater and what they've done for the community has been incredible. And um, Oscar was really awesome, awesome throughout this entire process. Um, And I felt like a lot of the conversations that we had in rehearsal were um, charged and difficult. And, you know, I, I definitely had to do a lot of um, work as far as um, letting go of, you know, the idea of being liked, letting go of, the idea that, you know, in places the audience could turn on me because 
my own naivety, my own internalized racism, my own shortcomings are um, coming through in moments. Um, my privilege, my, um, you know, I mean, my kind of the journey of my character, a lot of it is um, this idea of, of being a do-gooder. Uh, and But what's really behind all of that? What's really behind all of that work? And, 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 and so, you know, for her specifically, not for all do-gooders, but for her specifically. And so, yeah, so I think like we had a very open and um, available and trusting room. So we could actually have uncomfortable conversations and um, conversations where we were being asked to take risks and, and feeling like, you know, we, we were in the company to do so. Um, so Oscar really set the tone of making sure that everybody felt free to speak. And, and Susan Laurie also um, made it very clear from the beginning that she, um, you know, wrote all of these characters um, fully and fleshed out. And, you know, no one's a caricature and no one's um, being made fun of. And, you know, everyone is is given a voice. And, and that's because you know, hopefully everyone who comes and sees the play um, sees themselves up there. And so they can go home and, and start to, the you know, start to process <laughs> <laughs> whatever they need to process. Um, but yeah, so Oscar was just, just very um, kind and generous and created a space where we could have difficult conversations in, in order to make this play um, the fullest and the most honest that it could be. Um, and then the cast is amazing. David Diggs, Sharia Irving, and Thomas Badowski are everybody's, um, again, everyone has an amazing sense of humor and is fun and, and loving. So to have, um, this joyous group of people, um, working on something that's really difficult was a, a big blessing, um, because we, took care of each other and we brought joy into the room and we were at play and, you know, everyone felt free to make choices and to try things out. And so it was a, it was a positive experience and, and, and an extremely, um, I, I just learned a lot. I learned about a lot about myself. I learned a lot about everything. And, um, yeah, so it was, it was a, a, a really important experience for me. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about, the audience having to go home and, and think about things and, and learn things. Mm -hmm. And you obviously learn things through the process, but mm -hmm. I have to wonder kind of going back to the very beginning after the show, how do you decompress? Uh, do you have a, a, a ritual after the show, whether that's at the theater or at home, how do you get yourself out of the mindset of the show to, to let all of that kind of go and to get to a point where you can, I guess, to borrow one of the things in the show uh, so that you can actually get some sleep uh, at, at right. the end of the day after a show is over. Yeah. Sometimes I eat popcorn. Um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> seems, seems like a good thing to do anytime. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, sometimes we'll go out and we'll talk, you know, with people. I've had, you know, a ton of people come. So there's a there's a great um, bar and restaurant at the public, which is, you know, on the second floor called mm -hmm. the library. And everyone yep. who works there is awesome. And so sometimes you'll meet friends there and go there and talk about things and, um, you know, have conversations and kind of decompress that way. Um, and then... Um, yeah. And then, and then sometimes, um, 
you know, I'll just go home a lot. A lot of times on the, on the way home, you know, if I'm taking the train that, you know, if, if you leave uh, quickly, you'll end up um, running into people. So I've (laughs) run into people um, on the train and um, had amazing conversations that way. Um, So I think talking to people, I think that's a big, a big part of it is just keeping the conversation going. And yeah. And Susan Laurie has been teaching me the viola. Um, so, uh, um, and so, um, that's been a a fun thing that's come into our little world of this theater as well is, um, she's teaching myself and Cynthia who does costumes, the costume changes and, and costume wardrobe work throughout the show. She teaches us the viola. So we have a little band. That's amazing. (laughs) So that's something we've done. It sounds like that. We're not ready for (laughs) No, it's, I think you should. Like a closing night thing at Joe's Pub, you guys should get up on stage and do a, a quick viola trio or yeah. whatever. That, yeah. I don't even if know what Susan that would Lori sound like. If played, we could pay for it. But if I played, we'd have to okay. pay you guys. <laughs> Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> my, um, my boyfriend's a playwright, and I tried to learn the viola for one of his plays that we did at the Magic Theater this past year called Real to Real. And um, I tried to learn the viola for it. And... I mean, just the sound that was coming out of, you know, it was so horrendous. So I, I quickly um, ended up playing the castanets. So then I <laughs> came into this process determined to determined to uh, learn to play the viola. <laughs> Although the castanets are fun, too. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine that's a lot easier to play, though, uh, mm-hmm. than, than, than learning the viola. So, um <laughs> Well, it, that's that's hysterical, and I love that. Um, so yeah. I, I'm not going to ask you to to try to sum up this play in mm-hmm. terms of of, of a mm-hmm. message because I think that would be doing a disservice mm-hmm. to the work. Mm-hmm. But I, mm-hmm. I think it might be helpful for people who do want to come and see the show in the next three weeks mm-hmm. um, to maybe have an idea as to where they should be mentally and in a mindset when they come into it. So do you have any recommendations either from that mental standpoint or maybe how to prepare for this show? Because as we said, there's a lot going on and it's not going to be a light and frothy evening at the theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, first of all, I think, you know, just to reiterate what we touched on at the beginning, I think that three hours can um, seem daunting. Um, but, you know, we had conversations about this in, um, in the rehearsal room that, you know, we've gotten used to expecting uh, shorter run times of things. And I think that some stories obviously need more time. And, um, and Susan Laurie spoke about that as well. And, and, and I guess the one mindset, I think that people kind of try to prepare themselves for a long evening. And I actually think that that's not the thing you have to prepare yourself for, because I think it goes by really quickly. Um, And I think it consumes people and it, um, you really start to take this journey. So I think that, yeah, I think that the prep that people actually do is try to get themselves ready for a three hour play. And that's actually not what I would do. I think that the prep that I would do would be to, um, yeah, I guess try to be open and try to be soft. Um, I think that, um, I think it can be hard. I, I think there's a lot of extremely, um, hard things to watch in the play really hard. Um, and I think also that the work that we need to do of looking at ourselves and, and asking, um, ourselves where, 
um, our prejudices lie and where our work needs to be and how we can start to uh, be kinder to one another. I think kind of um, knowing that, um, you know, this play was drawn um, with love, even though it's hard and even though it, it, it's really difficult, I think coming coming to it with a softness, I guess. That's how I kind of start the play is trying to to feel soft and trying to feel open. Um, and I think that with these plays, I think that it's easy to come and say, um, you know, how am I going to be offended or how, you know, what, what, who, what's the person that I'm going to um, relate to? How are they going to come off and all of that stuff. And, and I think that the way to, to the best, way to come into any art experience is to try to be soft and try to be open. Uh, because I think that it is about having a conversation. It's, um, it, it's not about reconciliation. It's about having, starting a conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that socially it's about, um, yeah, I'm, my character talks a lot about having a social contract and, and what are, what are our social contracts and, um, how does it shift with, when we get what we want and when we don't get what we want and just what this country's history has created. And, and so really trying to wonder, you know, how, how we can do better. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think a lot of it for, for me, as I was reading, you said about, you know, kind of being offended and it's, and it's, I think it's probably important for an audience member to come in knowing that if they are offended and if they do take something personally, not, to shut down and put up a wall because I think that's oftentimes in our real real world today. Anytime mm-hmm. there's something that makes mm-hmm. us uncomfortable, makes us feel like we might not be in the right, we get mm-hmm. go on the defensive. And I think that probably works against what this show is trying to do. So if you, like you said, if you're soft, if you're uh, open and you are willing to not put up the barriers that we naturally do as people, um, you'll probably mm-hmm. have a lot better experience in taking to heart what is being said in the show itself. Yeah. And I also think it's not about leaving and feeling bad about yourself or feeling guilty or feeling, um, uh, feeling like you're a victim or feeling like you're, um, a predator or feeling like it's not about taking on, um, a feeling even of righteousness, self-righteousness, guilt, um, it's not even about that. I think it's just more about um, having a conversation. So, yeah, I think that knowing like when those feelings come up instead of, um, you know, and I, and, and I guess I speak about this from my own experience of being inside of it, of feeling like, um, you know, I associate, I immediately jump to conclusions of like, well, that makes me a bad person or then I should have guilt for that or then I should you know, carry a weight with me for that instead of kind of going to a place of making it a personal journey of how you're going to process your emotions, just know that you can have a conversation and, um, and, and try to make it about, um, investigating and discovery instead of a kind of resolution of this is how I should feel. And then this is how I should be. Um, I think it's more about, figuring it out and um, hopefully figuring it out together. You know, this space is, is the Onspacher Theater is um, in a thrust. And so the audience is on three sides. And so um, people are, you know, facing one another throughout yeah. the show. And, and, 
and it it's kind of a beautiful visual image for for hopefully what this play inspires and and I think has successfully inspired which is that you know we're all sitting across directly from the people that we need to be talking to and that we're in this together and that um we need to be figuring this out together um so I yeah I think yeah just trying to stay soft and trying to not jump to kind of private you know, I think self-reflection, obviously, whatever is fine, but also to try to have conversations. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tell Me More. My name is Matt Tamanini. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWMatt, and you can reach out to Broadway Radio on both Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. We will have all the information for White Noise at the Public Theater in the show notes and on BroadwayRadio.com. You can also find Zoe Winter's social media information there as well. Tell Me More is produced and edited by me. Special thanks to Laura Rigby and the man without whom none of Broadway radio is possible, James Marino. Thanks again for listening, and remember, not everything can be changed, but nothing can be changed until it is faced. Also, always get a second scoop, and when you get the chance, ask people to tell you more. <laughs>